Take your Bible out. Turn to Luke chapter 17 and verse 11. Luke chapter 17 and verse 11. The Bible says, And it came to pass as Jesus went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten lepers. Somebody shout, ten lepers. Ten lepers. How many of you know this is your 10th year anniversary? Ten lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when the Lord saw them, He said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. I want to preach for just a little while here this morning, just open to the Lord, how He might move throughout the entirety of this message. But I want to preach to you for just a little while, showing yourself to confirming eyes. Showing yourself to confirming eyes. Would you help me pray this morning? Come on, lift your voice to the Lord. Lord Jesus, Father, we love you. We thank you, O oh God, for what you're doing in this place, Lord. We thank you, O oh God, for these 10 years of ministry, this work of God. I pray today, Lord, that you minister by your eternal spirit in every way. I pray, O oh God, that everybody here, those that are watch online, God, that everybody would have a real testimony of meeting with God. I pray for revival. I believe, oh God, that you desire to do that today. I stand humbly and broken, fully dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Father, I understand my frame. And Lord, God, I have no confidence in my flesh. But God, I have full confidence in you. Have your way, oh God, today. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated here this morning. Preaching, showing yourself to confirming eyes. Now we understand here today that borders are very unique places. When we consider the borders between nations, between states and even countries, we understand that there is usually a great mixture of people that gives way to a mixture of language, culture, ideals, historical baggage, and even issues of life. What might be a way of life for the people of the interior is much different along the borders of life. I would go as far as saying that border life is very difficult to gauge, to ascertain, 
and even to minister to. Because its variety is usually not singular in what it is. We know that borders, they usually have wires, walls, and security. Isn't that right? Borders are all different types of problems, beliefs, and persuasions. I know here in Ireland, in Northern Ireland, you've got Newry, and I think it's called Dundalk. But these places that are on the border, you see, borders give way to very difficult situations of life. If you're in the interior, you understand there's a greater protection. Isn't that right? There's a greater security. And it is there at the borders of life that things can be very challenging. You don't feel like you're really a part of anything. You're not in the interior, but you're also not in a different place. Here in our text today, we find the statement, and it came to pass as Jesus went to Jerusalem, that He passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. This word midst here actually means border. John Gill said, Jesus steered His course through the borders of both of these countries. And as He passed, Samaria was on His right hand and Galilee was on the left hand. So if you can imagine, here is the Lord. He has moved away from the interiors and He's moved in the relation to the borders of life. He is walking there literally between two different countries. And here today I'm fully aware of the fact that many of you may feel like that's where you are. Matter of fact, I was praying and the Lord said to me, Robin, there are people there today that they feel like they're in the borders of life. They're not fully engaged in the interior. They can't fully well say, I'm of this place. But also, they cannot fully well say they are of another. But here today, you've got to know that the Lord is not afraid of that particular place of life. I know the enemy of your soul would have you to believe because you are there that Jesus is afraid of those locations of life. You see, in other words, Jesus was willing, He was ready, and He was available to minister to those on the border. Did you think about that? Those who might be indecisive, half in and half out. And those that weren't sure which side they were really on, Jesus was not afraid of those people. I know that even in America, when you deal with border cities like Tijuana or San Diego, whatever else, people are afraid of ministry in those places because you really don't know what you're going to get. Isn't that right? You don't know what type of caliber of people that you will get. If you get all the way in to Arkansas, you know what you're going to get. You know how they're going to sound, probably how they were raised. But when you get to the border, you get all types of different birds. Can you say amen? And I know today, you may feel like you're that type of person. You may say, Pastor Robin, I feel sort of awkward even here today. I don't really feel like I'm really in. But I want you to know that Jesus is not afraid of that place of life. He's not afraid of the border place. I want you to know that. Because a lot of people, they live bound by the enemy because they think the Lord is afraid of the border. I 
no precedence. They won't go there because their public image may be diminished. But Jesus, He's nothing like that. Can you shout amen? I said the Lord, He's not afraid of your life. He's not afraid of your baggage. He's not afraid of your background. But He says to everybody, I've come to redeem. I've come to save. I've come to make new. Can you shout amen if you believe that? You see, Jesus was not afraid of ministering to the border people. And you may be here today and you may feel like you are such a person of life. You may feel that you are not fully a part of Galilee, but you also don't feel that you are fully a part of Samaria. You feel like you don't know where you fit in or who you fit in with. If this is you today, then I want you to know that Jesus is not repelled by your border life or your awkwardness or your unsettledness. I love what Proverbs 15.25 says, The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but He will establish the border of the widow. Hallelujah. What God was letting us know. He's not afraid of the peripherals of life. He's not afraid of those areas in your life that you feel are untouchable by the Lord. God is not afraid. I want you to get that. He is not afraid of all of those areas of your life. You are like to keep hidden because you're embarrassed over. I say to you today, bring those things into the light and just let the Lord move on you. Just let the Lord deliver you. Just let the Lord set you free. Can you shout amen? You see, here we find that the Lord can bring a feeling of establishing, settling, and strength to the borders of life. We must come to realize that the Lord knows how to protect the border, secure the border, and defend the border. So rather we feel like a person of the interior or a person of the border, then we can take encouragement that the Lord's reach goes all the way to the borders of life. Here just yesterday I read an article about somebody trying to cross the border into America. And it was devastating as they tried to do that. And there there was security and whatever else. And my heart really broke in relation to that. And I said because I knew I'd be preaching this to you today. And I rejoiced in my heart that the Lord is not such a Lord that repels those trying to get in into the kingdom of God. I can tell you, you don't have to sneak under a fence. You can go through the door. And the door is the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, preacher, if I try to go that away, He's going to meet me there, want to see my passport, and say, you've done too much wrong to get into this celestial kingdom. But I can tell you, it's at the border that the blood of the Lamb will wash you and make you clean and turn you around oh my I said the Lord can save your soul hallelujah hallelujah you see we find that while Christ is ministering on the border that he comes into a certain village Luke 17 says and as the Lord entered a certain village there met him ten somebody shout ten 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 
men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now there are several things that I would like to convey to you here today. The one is this. Distance can give rise to other methods of connection and nearness when desire is at its premium. Secondly, oftentimes the workings of God in a heart and life are progressive before they are fully realized. Thirdly, real change must always be validated by others beyond ourselves to determine the legitimacy of the change. And lastly, how an individual responds to initial work determines if they will experience the fullness of that work. Scripture says, As Jesus entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now we understand by the word of God that those that were lepers had to keep their distance from everybody else. According to the Jewish Talmud, a leopard, leper had to stay six feet away from other people and 150 feet when there was a wind. Knowing this, I believe the wind must have been blowing for Scripture says that these lepers stood afar off. Albert Barnes said, These lepers stood at a distance as they were required by law. They were unclean and it was not lawful for them to come near to those who were in hell. As Jesus was traveling, there were also, they were also walking in the contrary way and seeing Him and knowing that they were unclean, they stopped and turned aside so that they might not expose others to the contagion. I want you to see this. Here are ten lepers and they all have leprosy. According to the word of God, they had to stay a distance from the general population because they understood that what they had could be transmitted to somebody else very easily. They understood that. And they knew they didn't want anybody else to experience what they themselves knew that they were a man. I can applaud this in relation to the lepers. I've met a lot of sinners. They don't care who they drag into their sin. They live very boldly against God. Very arrogantly against the Lord. But these lepers understood. I don't want nobody to be what I am. I understand the bondages of my life. If they were going to drink, they didn't want to drink with nobody else that didn't have that particular predicament of life. So they stood afar off. I don't know. Did they just simply put their finger in the air to determine and gauge the direction of the wind? I don't know. But they cared about other people enough that they stayed away from people that they knew. I tell people all the time, if you want to live wicked, mom and dad please don't live wickedly around your children don't draw them in to the same wickedness that you know brings misery to 
your own life. So here are these lepers. They understand. I've got issues in my life. I've got leprosy. And I don't want nobody else to deal with the problems that I have. So here they are. They're standing afar off. They're considerate about everybody else that are around them. And I believe it important to note that there was a certain humility and awareness in the hearts of these lepers for they considered their condition and did not wish their condition on anybody else. And let me tell you, if you don't know God today, the way you come to the Lord is in utter humility. Don't you come proudly. They did not run up to Jesus, but they stood afar off and they said, Lord, have mercy on us. And you've got to know today that you can, whatever faculties that you God, you can use those faculties to call on the name of the Lord. Amen. You see, I believe there is nothing more selfish than to endeavor to bring others into the same deplorable conditions that we ourselves suffer from without any consideration at all of the impact. Amen. I tell people all the time, listen, if you want to believe that, go over there and believe that. <laughs> if you want to preach that, don't you be preaching that to the people I pastor. That's the, I'm, the, I'm the shepherd of that flock. If you come in here, you just stay over there with your believism. Yes, I love you. Yes, I want to minister to you. But if you're infected with false doctrine and you're not willing to be corrected on that, you just keep that in your own mind. Come on, somebody. I can tell you today. That's a heart we must have. Matthew Henry said, these lepers stood afar off knowing that by law their disease obliged them to keep their distance. A sense of spiritual leprosy should make us very humble in our approaches to Christ. You see, it is one thing to sin ourselves, but quite another to invite others into our sin. This is why these lepers chose to stand afar off. They did not allow this space and distance to squash or abate their desire for change. Oh, listen to this. Here are these lepers. They understood. We can't get close. We've got to stand possibly, Brother Sof, 150 feet away from the Lord. That's a long ways. Can you say amen? I don't know the length of this building, but I would just imagine it's about three distances of this building. They're way over there. Now, for most people, that would abate their desire to experience change but not these lepers they had had leprosy for a long time and they understood we may not be able to get close to the Lord in distance and inches but we can use the faculty that we got to make up that ground hallelujah I can tell you you may have leprosy you may have diminished faculties but what you do got need you can use to draw close to the Lord. Hallelujah. Their bodies may have had leprosy, but their mouth didn't. Their voices didn't. Their words didn't. So they used what they had to draw closer, my God, oh my, to the Lord. And you can too. Oh my, listen to me. You may have come into this sanctuary and your testimony may be, I've got too much going on in my life. 
I've got faculties I cannot use to get to the Lord. You may say, preacher, I wish I could do what you do. I wish I could do what others do. I wish I could sing like Brother Soul. Listen, friend, there was a day and time I couldn't do any of this. But what I did have, I used for the glory of God. I drew nigh to Him what I did possess, brother. Knowing if I'd use what I did have, there'd be a day I could draw closer to Him with what I currently did not have. I'm just going to jump ahead and I'm going to preach in out this. We know the story because I read it. They eventually land at the feet of the Lord. You say, why is that? Because they used what they had. And when they used my God, oh my, when they used what they had, there come a day they could use what they didn't have. And that my God, when they used their voice, listen to me, you may be able to only do a few things today, but if you'll use that for the glory of God, there come a day you'll use other things that you currently do not have oh my come on give the Lord some praise hallelujah you see they may not could have got close to the Lord with their feet but they could get close to him with their voices you see their bodies had leprosy but their voices were free from such calamity oh my we must come to realize that we at times might not have the right faculties to get to the Lord like we wish we could. However, we must learn to take advantage of and use what we do have to get close to Jesus, knowing that if we will use what we do have to draw near, then in time, somebody shout in time, in time, Limerick City Church, we will be able to have other faculties in operation that will help us draw near. I love even all of you. I, I've been along this ride for 10 years. I remember when Brother Soap, he was first, you know, saved. And then he moved there, with, was helping with the camera. Then he moved up here, helping with the music. He's preaching an elder now. That's using the faculties that you do have. Knowing that in due season, God will make me ruler over much more. And you've got to know that as well. Be faithful to the Lord and use what you've got. We may not have a shout today, but we can go to the altar with tears. We may not have tears today, but we can draw near with a shout. We may have a sickness that hinders us to do some things in the moment, but we can use what we do currently have to draw near to the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? That's wonderful to know. In other words, these lepers did not use what they could not do as an excuse to do nothing at all. And because they used what they did, have scripture says, and when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priest. We cannot overstate the importance of using what we currently possess to draw nigh to the Lord. Now we find that in Christ's response to these lepers that He never touched them. He never came close to them or came in contact with them. We find that He simply gave them a word. Preached to them a message and spoke to them the words of life. In other words, all these lepers had to go on 
move on and progress on was the word of the living God. Think about it. Here they are. They are 150 feet possibly away. All they said to the Lord is have mercy upon us. They are at great distance to the Lord. I have no doubt they had to shout those words to the Lord. Lord have mercy on us. And it was in that moment that the Lord did not draw nigh to them in a physical way. There was no goosebumps. There was no tingly feeling. There was no laid hands of the Lord. They did not feel a greater presence of the Lord in their life. Come on somebody. I said they felt none of that and that's all good. Come on now, I don't know about you, but I love to feel the presence of God so tangible on my life. I love when I feel Him in such a way that it's tangible, it's real. You feel the goosebumps, the presence of God coming upon your life. You feel just the bubbling in the, oh my, come on Pentecostals. I mean, it's a great experience. It's a wonderful thing when you feel God in, moving on you with stammering lips. Come on somebody, with fire on the top of your life. I mean, you feel it, Brother Paul. Fire, shut up in your bones. It's a great feeling and I rejoice when God comes into my life in such a way. Matter of fact, I wish it was always like that. Come on now. I said, I wish it was always like that. But let me not deceive you today. These lepers had none of that. All they had was the Lamb of God that said to them over 150 feet, Go, show yourselves unto the priest. My God, what are you saying, Pastor? You're just saying... Go show thyself unto the priest. Six words. That's all they got, friends. Six words. Their message that Sunday morning wasn't an hour long. It wasn't even John Wesley's 15 minutes. I mean, it was about 10 seconds. Go show yourself unto the priest. My God, most people would have got up and said, we're not giving that preacher an offering. Come on, somebody. He labored very little. But Jesus doesn't need much to move in your life oh my I said Christ he doesn't need an hour he doesn't need five hours he just needs somebody to believe the words of the living God giving praise here they are they're lepers ten of them all associate one with another I don't know if they looked at each other and said my God is that all we're getting <laughs> come on somebody I mean, does he not see our calamity? Does he not see I'm in a terrible state? I've got leprosy all over my body. Man, I'm an alcoholic. I'm addicted to drugs. Needles go in my arms. I've been in religion all my life. I need help, Jesus. I mean, I, I need some help right here. I need you to come lay hands up on my forehead. Come on, son. I want you to get that oil. You guys keep behind the pulpit. Come on, somebody. And I want you to pour that over my head. I, come on now. That's how we oftentimes are. we got to be like naming one. It's some type of pizzazz. Come on now. We want some water to be flickered at us or something, you know. Come on now. I mean, we look for that stuff. 
We all, that flesh wants all of the, all, you know, you know, I'm in America. You know, people don't think God moved unless there's all types of, you know, crazy stuff going. I love Pentecost. Come on, somebody. I love all of it, but I learned a long time ago, I don't need no organ to help me. I don't need none of that to help me. I just need the Holy Ghost to help me. I know my inadequacies. People ask me all the time, do you get still nervous when you ask, oh my, I get as nervous as the first time I preach. I remember when I was young, my mom and dad would have told you I was the most confident kid you'd ever known. Yeah. Oh, but I got saved. Oh, my, all that went out the window. I said, all that went out. I stand here. I, I preach more. I don't even know how many messages I preach. I preach a lot of them. But my God, I, it's as real to me. First time I preached my first message on Goliath and, and David. I can tell you, I get the same way. I fear in this pulpit. Not because I don't think there's something Robin could, come, you know, just sort of create. But I know I need God in my life. I need the Lord to, it's His book, it's His word, it's His ministry. But here they are. All they got was six words go show thyself unto the priest now if it was like most of us we would have went home and said my God there's nothing for me in that church are you listening there's nothing for me there my God I was in desperate need and all they told me to do is call on the name of the Lord now what why am I supposed to do with that come on somebody that's how we are I mean we think it's going to come some type of hocus pocus business. That's not the way the word of God works. Come on somebody. All they had was the word of God. Now I want you to get this. If they did not have a base of what the word of God was. What Jesus said to them would have meant very little. Come on somebody. That would have meant nothing to them. Go show thyself unto the priest. What does that mean? Why in the world I need a miracle in my life. Why would I want to go do that? Why? How would I take the time to do that? But you see, they had a baseline of reality with the Word of God. Were they born again? No, they were not born again. But they had given themselves, at least in some degree, to know the law. And the law said, if you were a leper, you couldn't be around anybody. But if you were ever healed, hallelujah, go to that priest and he would validate that healing in your life. I just want to tell you today, a lot of things... That may be said to you might mean very little or nothing at all if you don't give yourself to know the word of God for if you don't know that the Lord said to pray listen to me and all the reasons of the word of God why do you fast amen if this man of God gets up here and he says fast well why would I want to do that but if you got a baseline of the word of God you'll know that when you fast there's shackles that'll be broken family that'll come to the Lord. Revival that'll break out. I'm just telling you today, if you can know a little of the word, you can still walk out that word with full confidence that God will do it in your life. Think about it. Here these lepers are. Leave all they've got is six words. But those six words mean everything. You say why? Because they knew what the culmination of what those words meant was. Are oh, you listening? They understood the culmination of if I obeyed that word. Listen to me. Were they healed physically in the moment? No. But they were as if it was done in the moment. 
Are you listening to me? Heaven and earth will pass away, but this word of God will abide forever. Listen to me. One day, I know we love Limerick. I love Ireland. But one day, all of this will burn up with a fervent heat. Every bit of this, these buildings in America, we don't have buildings like you. You walk down these streets and it's, everything's 500 years old. Come on, somebody. You walk down the streets of America, you're lucky about 2025. That's the way that it is. But let me tell you something. This earth will burn up with fervent heat. Well, I don't know if it's going to happen today. I do not know the day nor the hour. But I do know this. The Word of God endures forever. It is established. You can trust the Word of God. Well, Pastor Robin, what if I obey the Word of God preached today? What? If, listen, you can obey the Word of God and I can assure you that everything I tell you shall come to pass. Every word. You say, well, some of it fall. No, 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 no. The Bible says His Word will not return to Him void. And you've got to know that, Limerick City Church. His Word is powerful. I said His Word is powerful. So here they have. We find that they were not touched, didn't come close. In other words, all these lepers had to go on, move on, and progress on was the Word of God. Well, listen to me now. In the moment they received the word of God, there was absolutely no change. Even though the word spoken to them was powerful enough to bring the change in its fullness. We find that it was only as they went in obedience to the word that they heard that change progressively took place in their life. Scripture says, and it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. In other words, progressive change was bound up in progressive obedience in relation to the initial word that they just heard. You see, I found over the years that we often want the fullness of change to come right now, overnight, and very quickly, which at times it does. Amen. In other words, we do not believe in spiritual evolution in relation to the born-again experience. Either you're saved or you're not. Come on, somebody. Either you're a child of God or you're not. But we do believe of the progression and the outward work of God that manifests in your life as you obey the Word of God. So I want you to see this. Here are these lepers. They began to walk. There's no change in relation to the Word that they just heard from the Lord. But sister, here they are. They take one step. And another step. Their life was full of leprosy. Scales from head to toe. I mean painful all over their body. And they began to move out on the word of God. They had nothing else in life that would encourage them to keep on the walking. But as they walked the word of God out. They began to look at their body. And they began to look at this body. And they said oh my. Something's taking place in Limerick City. Church, I used to be bound by anxiety, but not no more. Oh my, I used to be bound by insecurity, but as I've walked with the Lord, He's taken away that desire, He's taken away that desire, He's given me this passion for the great gospel. I can tell you today, whoa, 
walk with God, Limerick City Church. Keep moving forward and just look at what God has done for you. Think about it. Ten lepers, they're all walking. Listen to me, the worst thing you can do is not look at how far you've come. Let me say that again. The worst thing that you personally can do is not look how far you've come. Don't look at how far you've come in relation to somebody else. The Bible says it's not wise to judge yourself with somebody else. Comparing yourself with others is not wise. I love this man of God. I love this man of God. He loves me. We love one another. But I can tell you this. I compare myself with no man. Only him. Are you listening? Only this blessed book. Because that gives me the confidence that I'm not where I'm going to be. But I'm sure enough. Not where I was. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. These lepers, as they went, I mean every walk, every step, gave as they walked out the word of God in their life, every step brought greater reality of the fullness of the word in their own life. In other words, the word was true. The word was complete. It was powerful. It was already, Jesus said, it is finished. It is a complete word when he spoke it. He would have never spoke the word unless the ability to walk out that word was also given to the lepers. Oh my, listen to that. In other words, Christ will never speak to you if he doesn't also give you the power to walk out that word. You say, my God, we listen to incredible messages in this pulpit. I mean, the word of God is always real, always rich. But I want you to know something. When the word of God comes forth, the end me would say to you you can't live that but the devil is a liar I said the devil is a liar if God's word has been spoken to you then the ability I told my friend yesterday I'm so glad he's here I mean I already love this dear guy but I saw him there on the street I said listen to me this word of God is true hallelujah it will do everything in your life I told you that it would it will free you it will deliver you it will save you it will sanctify you it will wash you come on somebody I said the word of God. You say, Pastor, it's been 10 years at Limerick City Church. Well, I look around and I see a church that's been walking out the Word and you're not what you used to be five years ago, but you're also not what you're going to be. <laughs> oh my, I can tell you it's only a matter of time until this side is full of hungry hearts for God. Amen. Are you listening? I said, here they are. As They went. In other words, the fullness of the word of God was contingent upon walking out the word of God. Hallelujah. You say, Robin, how did you get as far as you've got with the Lord? Every day I've rejoiced that a little bit more has fallen off my life. Come on now. See, the enemy always wants to make your eyes focus on what's still there. Now, the Lord will reveal that that can tell you you ain't made it yet. But I can tell you this, it's never to defeat you. Some say, oh, my God. The Lord said, I go show yourself unto the priest. And, oh, my, no, no. The Lord will celebrate you've come a long way than where you were. 
You're a better husband than you were last week. You're a better wife than you were last week. Come on, I pray I'm a better friend than I was. I pray I'm a better husband than I was last week. I pray over I've come to, to preach and minister in this church. I pray the well is deeper and deeper every time that I come. You say, why? Because that's the testimony of my life, that he's still being revealed to my heart. He's still being revealed to my spirit. And listen to me, Limerick City Church, you may feel at times you've got it all, you don't got it all. There's a greater reality of Christ of one step after another. Hallelujah. I said the more you walk with God, the bigger he gets and the cleaner you get. Come on, somebody. I said, but here they are. They understood the culmination of the word. If we keep doing this as a church, this is going to be the fulfillment or the culmination of how we walk this thing out. Let me tell you something. Not only is the culmination of this progression with the Lord in this church, heaven. Somebody shout heaven. How many want to go to heaven? Shout heaven. That's not only the culmination of your life. If you walk out the word of God, Christ is the word of God. But I'm going to tell you something. Revival is already a brewing. Come on, somebody, either you believe this or you, you don't, and I do. I said, I do. It's all ready, but you've got to walk this thing out. Are you listening to me? I know my family members. I've been seeing more of my family members. I preached at Pontsville. I, I'm pastoring in my local areas that I grew up, and it took a long time. Matter of fact, probably six years. I've been there pushing seven, but over these six, seven months, I've seen more of my family get born again than the previous six. And the enemy would tell me, Robin, you never see this. You're preaching, not even seeing a lot of your family get saved. But I can tell you this, I'm seeing it now. Come on, somebody. I said, I'm seeing it now. I said, I'm seeing it now. Last Sunday morning, my cousin came down, another cousin, gave her life to the Lord. I can just tell you today, keep walking out the Word of God. So the Bible says this, 10, as they went. We understand that as they went is applied many times in the word of God. The Bible says they brought him a dumb man possessed of the devil as they went. It says as they went, Jesus met them. It says as they went, they came to a certain water. Amen. We know the story of the Ethiopian man. As they went, he listened to the word of God. The word of God was explained to him. And as they went, he found a place to get baptized. What are you saying? I'm saying to you as you go, the realities of this book will be applied to your heart. But the Bible says that as they went, they were cleansed. And they kept going until everything God's word had said to them and alluded to them would come to pass in its fullness. But here's where I want to get here for just a little bit. You see, I found that parents often want the fullness of change in their homes right now. Spouses often want the fullness of change in their marriages right now. Pastors often want the fullness of change in their churches right now. People want the fullness of financial change in their finances. I tell people all the time, when you have made a mess of your finances for 40 years, don't expect them to be turned overnight. <laughs> you go walk out the word of God. You've got to tithe. You've got to give. Come on, somebody. Don't go out there and make dumb purchases. Come on now. People want the fullness of inward change in their life right now. There's things in your life that as you move forward with God, you will find that will just drop by the wayside as you obey the word of God. I've seen people all the time, we want to give ourselves all of these shenanigans of deliverance, but oftentimes deliverance is simply as you go. You wake up one day and you say, man, I don't feel that way anymore. 
I don't desire that anymore. There's no thoughts about that in my mind anymore. God has done that as I went. Listen to me. If you're born again today and the enemy's beating you up about what you're not, rejoice that God has changed you and that God is changing you. Listen, we all shall be like Him when we see Him for as He truly is. I can tell you it's from going from glory to glory. We understand that right now does often have to happen, but oftentimes it also happens as we go. As you walk out the Word of God in your life, as we place one foot in front of the other in obedience to the Word of the Lord, little by little changes come in all areas and spheres of life. Matthew Henry said, We may expect God to meet us with mercy when we are found in the way of duty. If we do what we can, God will not be wanting to do that for us which we cannot. Go, attend upon instituted ordinances. Go and pray and read the scriptures. Go show thyself to the priest. Go and open thy case to a faithful minister. And though the means will not heal thee of themselves, God will heal thee in the diligent use of those means. The Bible says something very important here. Go show yourself unto the priest. Now why would they do that? Because the priests understood the word of God to validate the testimony they said about their own personal life. This is vital. Listen to me right here. You and I, I've done this a long time. I've seen pastor people go to others to validate their born again experience to people that do not understand the word of God. You listen to me. I've seen a lot of people go to preachers. I've seen people go to priests. I've seen people go to other people in a church that maybe not even be born again. That do not know the word of God. And lack the ability to confirm if this be so or not. Did you hear that? Here's the priest. Can you help me here friend? Why don't you stand right here with me. Let's say this is one of those lepers. He comes. And the priest is looking him over. He comes into church and he says, I've been born again. Well, let's watch you a little bit around here. Are you listening to me? He's examining him. Do you know the Lord? Come on now, because here's what will happen. If this priest or somebody validates this man and sends him back into the general population, being unconfirmed healed, what's going to happen? He is going to infect everybody else and give a false testimony of a conversion that never happened. He could make other people think that this is what the born again life looks like. Well, you're still all scaly, man. You still got the same heart that you've got. You still love the same stuff you love. You still drink your same booze. Your heart still... It ain't true. It ain't true. Because this man has come in this house. Now, this is by illustration. Come on, somebody. This man in the house of the Lord... This man is in the house of the Lord and he's been investigated. Listen to me. People that are truly born again want to know. If you're not truly born again, you're like, who do they think they are judging me? Lord Jesus is my Savior. Come on now. Isn't that right? How many of you ever heard people say that? You get in here, this man of God, thank you for your help. This man of God begins to examine, the Bible says examine yourself to see if you be in the faith or not. 
Come on, I feel the Lord right here. You just got to know here today that examination is vital. We can say we're born again. We can say, but listen, if you go, if this word of God is not what validates you or confirms the change in your life, you need to seek out people. If you have any type of disease, I can tell, I don't want to go to somebody that's going to just hold back from me. I want to know, is this still in my body? Because this can kill me, and especially if it's contagious. We all went through COVID. We know all, stay home, keep your distance. We know, come on, somebody. we know all of that. I, sometimes that's what I want to tell people in the church. You stay over there. Come on now. We need to get you saved, get you born again. Don't you be spewing that, that unbelief, that falsehood onto everybody else. But I can tell you today, these, these, uh, these lepers, Jesus sent them to the priest so that they could be validated but once they were validated I said once they were validated I said once they were validated I said I said once they were validated everything changed Adam Clark said in the spirit of implicit faith they were cleansed God highly honors this kind of faith and makes it the instrument in his hand of working many miracles he who will not believe till he receives what he calls a reason for it is never likely to get his soul saved. The highest, the most sovereign reason that can be given for believing is that God has commanded it. Are you listening to me? If you're waiting, come on, if you're waiting to move forward until it's all there in your life, you'll be waiting the rest of your life. Come on, somebody, I can tell you this. I never, I said, God, I believe, that's all I had when I got saved. I believe the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I believed it. And because I believed it, I said, I'm going to walk this out, though I may not feel a thing. But as I went, are you listening? I found that the word of God is absolutely true. Can you say amen to that? We understand the Lord said, go show thyselves. I believe this is why many will never be changed, healed, have victory. Or even receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost because they want God to do everything before they move at all. The Bible does say as they spake, he gave the utterance. We want God somehow just to start. Come on now. We want the Lord to do. He has done it. It's finished with him. He's already been glorified. He's at the right hand of the Father. It's his desire. He's not holding back from us. It's his good pleasure to give good gifts to his children. But I can tell you, we've got to move and respond to what he's already said is the possibility. Many will not speak. They will not dip into the water until the leprosy is first gone. They will not shout until the walls fall down. And they will not sow to the Spirit until they first receive a fruit of the Spirit. Come on now. We oftentimes look for the fruit before we sow, but no, you sow, then you reap. Isn't that right? One able commentary states, God's blessed faith of the lepers to step out as the new man, even when they feel like the old, so will he bless our faith. Here they are. Go show yourself unto the priest. I've been wanting to get here all night long with the culmination. Yes, they showed themselves to the priest. Ten lepers. Somebody shout ten. Ten lepers went to the priest that day. Nine of them never came back. But one. We understand here today that this one person came back. And you may feel oftentimes that this church has reached a lot of people. There's a lot of people that I've preached to that are not here today. Are you listening to me? Now you can look at that and you can allow that to discourage you. 
Or you can look at that and say, praise God, that's not going to be me. Are you listening to me? These nine, you see, before Jesus spoke to them, these ten lepers intermingled. They were no doubt best buddies because birds of a feather flocked together. They hung out probably down at the corner of the pub together last Friday night. But one. <laughs> Are you listening? I said one really got it. I said one, ten of them, nine of them, they were touched. They may have felt a little doodad, but one of them. I said one of them, one of them came back. The Bible lets us know that as this one came back, the Bible says in one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. And with a loud voice, glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. He was a part of that border city, that border village. And here he is. He made his way back. Let me tell you something. To make your way back to the Lord. This man, just moments before, was separated by a great gulf of leprosy. Great distance. But because he used in that moment his voice to bridge that gap, there come a day, only moments later really, that he was able to bridge that gap, not with his voice, but with his tears. And with his, are you listening to me? You may have come into the service tonight, but the self as you come, you may have come into this service tonight and you may feel like you're, this morning rather, and you may feel like you're a long ways from the Lord. You may say, listen, I'm, I've got leprosy. I've got this issue. I've got this problem. I've got this going on in my heart. And I know these other people here, they feel like they get a lot closer than I am. They can get a lot closer, but I'm at a distance. I want, I want you to hear me very clearly. The Lord loves you. And I can tell you, if you'll use what you got in this moment to draw nigh to the Lord. He said, preach, I've been waiting to the end of this to draw nigh, to get up to go, to respond, to come close to the Lord. And you may feel like there's a great separation in your life, but I want you to know today that the Lord has the ability to close the gap as you obey the word of God. This leper, he came and he fell. Let me tell you something. You keep obeying the word of God. And don't use the touches of the Lord for your own benefits or whatever else. These other nine, who knows where they went. I don't doubt at all they had leprosy back probably a week later. Come on, somebody. Because that's usually the case. But this man said, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go back to the Lord. I'm going to go to the source. Are you listening to me? I'm not going to get away from the source of what did that. I'm going to be at that church. Them doors are open. They're going to count me because I understand. I'm not changed because of my goodness. I'm not changed because of myself. I'm changed because of the Word of God. And I won't be as close to that Word as I like. I, I know what it's like to live 150 feet away. I'm not going to do that no more. I'm going to get close. I'm going to get at His feet. Until Jesus said, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Let me tell you something. There's a greater for this church. There's a greater wholeness. There's a greater wellness. There's a greater reality with the Lord. I see so many believers struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle. And I say, you just need to come back to the feet of your master. Come on now, would you stand with me all over this morning? I love what Alexander McLaren said. He said, this leper's voice had returned to him. And his loud acknowledgments were very different from the strained croak of his petition for healing. Did you hear that? Can you imagine him calling out through the strain of sickness and sin and disease? 
But now he's lifting his voice shouting, Glory to God! He knew that he had to thank God in Jesus. He did not know these two are one in the moment we know that they are. His healing had brought him much nearer Jesus than before. And now he can fall at his feet. Thankfulness knits us to Jesus with a blessed bond. Nothing is so sweet to a loving heart as to pour itself out in thanks to the giver of life. I'm going to ask you to bow your head. I believe in this great sanctuary today as the Lord is gripping hearts. Maybe you feel like you are living in that border place, that place that not fully committed. You don't know, really know some things. But the Lord would say to you, He knows where you are today and He's not afraid of that. He's not afraid of that. He would draw you by His Spirit. I just want you to slip up your hand and say, Listen, Pastor, that's me. I feel like that often in my life. Come on, if you're here today and you say, Listen, the enemy has lied to me and caused me to believe that what God told me will never transpire. But I believe the Word of God and I'm going to be committed to walking out the Word of God and celebrate the day of small beginnings, the cloud, the size of men's hands. I'm going to celebrate the, the, the things God's doing in infancy, knowing that if God said it, He will do it. If I'll just walk it out. Is there anybody else? Step up your hand. I want to know the Lord. Come on. Anybody else here today? I really want to know Him. I really want to know Him. Hands going up. Anybody else? I'm ready to walk out the Word. Anybody here at Limerick City Church ready to walk out the Word of God? Come on, you ready to walk it out in your life? Thank you for your hands going up. Thank you. Come on, anybody else? Come on. Let's just begin to praise the Lord right now. Come on, Jesus. Have your way, Lord.